Blog Talk Radio.
now. Well, welcome to our Tuesday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg, for the next two hours as we seek the face of the Lord together. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, um, please give us a call. Um, Even if it's not for you, even if it's for someone else, um, and you want to stand up and intercede on their behalf. And Father, Lord, we give this broadcast to you, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, that you would fill our hearts and fill our minds with your presence. Reveal to us Jesus Christ tonight through your word, through your presence, O God. Father, that you would burn in us a desire for the nations, Father. A desire for your heart, Lord. Father, that we may be men and women and children, Father, who are named in heaven, Lord. But not only that, Lord, but that we, and our desire would be only for you, Father. Father, to see you high and exalted, Lord, lifted up. Father, your word declares that the disciples went forth preaching your word and your Holy Spirit followed them, confirming the words with signs and wonders, Father. And so, Lord, I ask tonight in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, confirm your word tonight with signs and wonders, Lord. Father, with healings and miracles, Father. Not for the sake of the healing and the miracles themselves, Lord. But as you looked out upon the masses and had compassion for them, Father. So we too, Father, desire that the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Jesus, that your name would be exalted, Father, in our midst, Lord. So, Father, we ask for you to take complete and total control over this broadcast. Father, let every word, Lord, that comes directly from your heart, Father, and from your mouth, Father, let it prosper for that in which you sent it, Lord, knowing that your word declares that your words were not returned to your void. Lord, but let the word Become a seed, Father, inside of us, springing up into everlasting life, Father. Lord, that we would be rooted and grounded in love, Father. We would be rooted and grounded in truth, Father. That we would be able to comprehend the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, Lord. Father, let us be filled with all the fullness of God, Father. Lord, give us wisdom and revelation into the knowledge of you, Father. Let the eyes of our understanding be flooded with light, Lord. God, that we would know, understand, comprehend, fully obtain to the knowledge of the hope of our calling, Father, of the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Father God, and what is your, the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, when you were, which you worked in Christ Jesus, when you raised him from the dead. Father, declaring that death had no power over him. Father, and you exalted him 
seated him at your right hand and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. And so, Father, we bow our hearts tonight, Lord. We surrender our lives to you, Father. We surrender our bodies to you, our minds, Lord, our hearts, Father. We surrender our wills to you, Lord. Father, as Jesus said, not my will, but let your will be done, Father. Tonight, let your will be done in our lives. Father, consume us with your fire. Consume us with your passion. Father, consume us with your heart, Lord. Give us the mind of Christ, Father. Renew our minds with the washing of the water of your word, Lord. So, Father, we come to you standing in upon the grace and the mercy, the redemption and the salvation we have through the blood of Jesus, Father, which has cleansed us from all sins, Lord. Father, we stand before you singing the songs of the redeemed, Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So, Father, we lift up our voices to you, standing in awe and in amazement of your glory and of your majesty, Father, of your presence. God, show us Jesus tonight.
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. <sighs> so, um, hmm. you know, it's interesting. Um, it, it wasn't sure how I was going with this, but still not exactly know how I'm going with this, but we'll see what happens. Like always, Holy Spirit. Um, last night we talked about Adam and Eve, the preparation of the Lord. And immediately planning for our salvation and providing a way which is better than our ways. Um, which is interesting. Um, you know, I was reading earlier, and um, I think it was Mark, um, where Jesus was talking about um, the Pharisees. Well, there was a thing about the Pharisees had all their traditions, and um, I'll just read it. Uh, Mark 7. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding to the traditions of, their, of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. I don't know why you need to watch a couch, but then the Pharisees and scribes asked and said, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of God. You hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things as you do. All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your traditions. It's it's interesting. Um, like I was um, watching the news um, recently, just noticing how quickly... Um, the world establishes the correct way to do things. Um, you know, there was a lady the other day who got arrested somewhere in the United States, Texas, I believe, for spanking her child. And it's neither here nor there. Um, but it's so quick how the world can come up and make a standard. Um, and I'm not necessarily using that as the example of whether it's right or wrong, but the very fact that the world can come up and declare something to be right or wrong for something to be lawful and unlawful, and it's um, lucky that we serve a God who is the only just and true judge for when the world will declare for themselves that they're righteous and when the world will build up their own idols and their own false gods, um, there will still be the true and living judge, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, the true king. And, um, you know, men have a habit of doing that, of um, creating traditions and special covenants and things among themselves, um, which become valuable. Um, not because they necessarily have any meaning, but because the very fact that they're tradition. Um, 
being, I remember when I was growing up, my mother loved having a Christmas tree. And I don't necessarily think there's uh, either way. Um, but I hated do I hated Christmas for that one reason because I hated having to decorate this tree and then turn around in a couple of days later and take it down. And it means she liked it. Um, and I would ask her why. And she said, well, it's just something we always do and we always have done however many generations back. And, you know, I always stop and wonder when I see different traditions, whether it's in the Bible or in the world. Is The question is why. Why do we have specific traditions and what's the point of them? And because, you know, the problem with traditions, as great as they are, and, you know, originally traditions like the the feast and, um, you know, like even Passover, everything at one point in time had a actual meaning. They had an actual purpose. You know, the Lord God would deliver the children of Israel, and he said that you'll remember this day. And because he didn't want them to forget, because, you know, that happened once back in the days of Noah, before the flood, men forgot um, the Lord God. And God wanted to make sure that they didn't forget, because he knows that we for, that the only we don't forget our own sin, but we forget him, um, which is ironic, because it should be the other way around. We should be forgetting our sin and keeping our eyes upon the Lord. Um, but we've always been really twisted in our thought processes. Um, and Jesus goes through and talks about this and about how um, we keep our traditions more than we keep the word of the Lord. And that they, our traditions and our habits become our religion. Um, we feel comfortable with them. We feel safe with them. But they may not have any truth and they may not have any life in them. And the only life and the only truth come through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, you know, it's not what goes in a man, but what comes out of a man that defiles him. It's out of the heart is an abundance of evil, wicked things. But, you know, Jesus said that, um, or the Bible declares that he has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. And though, um, we're not perfect, perfect in a way as we, in our own minds, would think um, through the blood of Jesus. We've been declared perfect through the Father, um, through the blood of Jesus, and we're constantly being renewed through the Word of God, through the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're constantly, constantly being transformed into the image of the living God, um, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. As it says in Corinthians. Um, we all behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And it takes God a lot to do that to people. And um, and it's always different what he has to do and the approach he has to take because God has to figure out. You know, the Bible said it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, which means you can stand up on a strict corner and preach all you want, and it won't do a bit of good. And you can stand in front of a church church pulpit, and you can preach the most amazing message, and it won't do a bit of good if someone's heart is hardened to the Lord, um, because the things of the Spirit will be spiritually discerned to them, 
they won't be able to comprehend it. They won't be able to understand it. We spend way too much time, I believe, myself, personal opinion here, but I think we spend way too much time trying to convince the world and force the world to live according to the standard of the will of God when they couldn't if they wanted to because they don't even have the ability to understand it. Um, you know, it says let those who are going to be corrupt be corrupt and let those who are going to be righteous be righteous. Still, something like that. I forget where the verse is. Um, but, you know, the, the point is, um, you know, in my own life, um, from if you go back to your life and from the first moment you met the Lord, whether it's when you said whatever prayer or not, or because I, I believe that the Lord starts talking to people way before they get to the point of actually giving their life to the Lord. Some Christians um, are Christians most of their life before they actually give their heart to the Lord. Um because it's easy to say with your mouth, but then to actually believe it, that you've done it, and then to actually live like you've done it is two completely different things. Like that old saying that you make Jesus your Savior, but you never make him your Lord. And he's supposed to be the Lord and Savior. And being king of all heaven and earth, um, we're all under his jurisdiction, and we're all subjects to him. And um, But with each of us, he has to work differently. Um to actually get us to the place that we can fully accept him. And, um, you know, there's a lot of baggage and things that he has to deal with in our lives. You know, in my own life, um, like we've said before, um, um, sorry, that's my wife. Um, you know, in my own life, um, I was, um, I had heard of the Lord early, but there was that point in my life, um, which I've mentioned before, that I was like a high priest in magic, doing all sorts of very ungodly things, um, having absolutely no clue what I was doing. Um, I thought I knew. I thought the traditions that my family had were all that mattered, but it, um, in reality, I had absolutely no knowledge of the truth. And... Um, but, you know, even through that, um, going around that, the Lord was able to open my eyes to him, even in the midst of that. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're a drug dealer or a prostitute or whatever. You know, the Lord can interject himself into whatever situation you find yourself in to reveal himself to you, to pull you out not necessarily for the purpose of pulling you out, but for pulling you into a relationship with him. And then you automatically would be drawn out of whatever the situation is. Because, um, you know, sometimes the Lord has to work on your heart before he can work on your actions. And when your heart's transformed, your actions automatically follow. You know, sometimes we spend way too much time trying to trying to try to be holy and um, and trying to be perfect and everything else. But what we should be doing is giving our hearts and our lives to the Lord, submitting everything to Him, um, which even that is something that's easy to say, but it's something that's really hard to do. But that should be the first thing we be, we should be doing is giving our hearts to Him and letting Him have His way in our lives and then letting Him change us and mold us and shape us and transform us. Um, 
Because, you know, the Bible says we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of his love, which pretty much means he delivered us from bondage and slavery in one kingdom and delivered us into the kingdom of heaven, where it says we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord, and whom you're also being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. And you know, once you're there, you know, the Bible says that we're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It says we've already been blessed with every spiritual place in Christ Jesus. And so instead of trying to figure out, look at ourselves and try to fix ourselves and try to work on ourselves, um, we should be allowing the Lord to do that and allowing the Lord to transform us, allowing the Lord to change us. And I'm not saying all this for any reason to say, to talk about having a license for sin. Um, But a consecrated heart doesn't always mean that you're always perfect. A consecrated life, you know, David was a man after the Lord's own heart, it said. The only place in the Bible that talks about anybody being like that. And yet, he wasn't the best man, if you read the scriptures. I mean, he did some pretty screwed up things. Um, but he was a man after the Lord's own heart because he sought the Lord with purity. You know, Jesus said, um, the time is coming and now is. Um, because this woman had said, you know, um, we were told to worship here and you say worship there. Well, which one is it? And Jesus says, we, you, you worship what you don't know. Um, we know because it's of the Jews. And he, he says, the time is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For God is spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And, you know, what the Lord's after is your heart. What the Lord's after is your relationship. What the Lord's after is intimacy. What the Lord's after is honesty. And those men and women who are willing to stand before him, having been washed, not by themselves. You know, Jesus went to wash the feet of the disciples to give them an example of how to live. And Peter was the first one. I mean, Peter, who screwed up quite often, if you read the scriptures, um, fell out of walking to Jesus, fell in the water because they didn't have faith, um, denied Jesus. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff that Peter did. But, you know, he still walked with the Lord. And he was a man of the Lord's own heart. And the Father knew that, even when Jesus said, do you love me? And he said, feed my sheep. And, um, but, You know, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. Um, We, as a body of believers, usually put way too much emphasis on ourselves, so much that we become our own focus. Um, And um, and, and it's true, we do. We become our own focus. We almost like build ourselves idols of ourselves. Um, trying to spend all our time and our energy focusing on ourselves and trying to minister to ourselves. 
when we should be ministering to the Lord. You know, it says, um, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And, um, you know, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. And it, and what he was trying to say is that, you know what, stop trying to do it on your own. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And, you know, if we would just lean to the Lord and lean upon him and trust in him to do everything, it says that we're confident that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And it says that he will complete the work which he started until the day of Christ Jesus. And it's not your job to try to fix you. It's not your job to try to fix anybody else. It's It's your job to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, to commune with him, to enter into a place of communion and intimacy with the Lord. Because when you when you do that, when you enter into that place, where your mind's not focused on your own sin, and your mind's not focused on what the enemy's doing, and your mind's not focused on what everybody else is doing, or what the nations are doing, or the presidents are doing, or anybody else, if your mind if you take your mind off of all that stuff and you put your mind and you focus it upon the Lord then you'll transform more lives by your relationship with him and the closeness you have with him than by a hundred of years of trying to build your own ministry or build your own reputation or build your own name. You know, it says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Well, the best name that you can have is to be named as a child of the living God. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us is we should be called children of God. And you were adopted into the kingdom of heaven and when we're adopted we take you take when you're adopted you take the name of the family that adopted you. And so we take the name of the Father, named as his children, with all the rights and the privileges and the honor that come with that name, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's whose lineage we are now. That's whose children we are. That's whose household we are in and whose household we are members of. And you know, a lot of times we get so distracted by trying to keep our traditions and trying to keep our principles and keep all this other stuff when all we need to do is turn to the scripture, focus on it, and through it have Jesus revealed to us so that way we can turn around and focus on him. Because everything in this life should turn around and point to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, everything in the scripture from the beginning to end, even like last night we were in um, Genesis with, with Adam and Eve, you know, everything points to Jesus. And Jesus points back to the Father and the love of the Father. And it's a nice little circle because they all point to the to each other and the love of the father points right back to Jesus which is the demonstration of his love that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved for there is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short the glory of God but through his blood and through his grace and through his mercy we have obtained salvation and eternal life
in the end, it's all about him, not about us. This life, it's not about us. It's not about what we want, what we think, what we feel. It's all about him in every aspect of the word. You know, when Jesus was ministering on the earth before the garden, and even in the garden, you know, he's in the garden crying and pouring out his heart to the Father. Because when he needed comfort, when he needed strength, he knew he couldn't turn to men. He had to turn to the Father. And even then he said, Lord, not my will but yours be done. I wasn't sent here to do my will. I was sent here to do yours. And my will is to complete the work which you have sent me to complete. And for that reason I have come forth. And then he endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. And we too forsake our own lives because it says we were we were bought with the precious price of the blood of Jesus, raised in a newness of life, declared that we are new creations and new creatures, new creations in Christ Jesus, the old things have passed away, behold all things have become new. The old man is dead to sin and we're alive to God. You know, that old man that was your life, that was everything. And now it's time to take all that. Forget it. Put it behind. Let the old man lay dead. Let him keep dead. And to reckon yourself alive to God through Christ. And then take the things that are better than the old. Because while one thing passed away, now this new life has come. A new life that speaks of better things than the old. That speaks of hope and peace and joy. Inexpressible and full of glory And speaks that we're no longer Slaves And foreigners Bound in bondage to the world And to the desires and the expectations And the things of the world And of the enemy But we have been Called a royal priesthood A holy nation ambassadors To Jesus Christ Reconciling the world Unto God Forever and throughout all of eternity Giving praise to the King of the kings And the Lord of lords The Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world For us And so every minute You know it says Present your bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord Which is your reasonable service Paul said To run the race with endurance you know, in Philippians, which is one of my um, one of my favorite books in the Bible, um, you know, he said, "But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord." For whom I have suffered the loss of all things And count them as rubbish That I may gain Christ And be found in him Not having my own righteousness Which is from the law But that which is through faith in Christ The righteousness 
which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The same thing Moses said on the mountain when he's receiving the Ten Commandments from God. He said, Father, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. When you're at the place where you can ask for anything, the only thing you usually want is to know him more. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if I might by any means maintain to the resurrection from the dead. And then he says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also lay hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have understood, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, it pretty much doesn't matter what has gone on, what is going on, what's in the past. It's irrelevant. Because Jesus said that he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And you're alive in Christ Jesus. And the Father said, I know the thoughts that I think of you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And just in case people forgot that, Jesus turned around and said, I am the good shepherd. The enemy comes to still kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And this, in case we forget it again, and it says in Corinthians, believe it, Corinthians, eye is not seen, nor ear heard, nor is even entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You know, it's funny, that's not a really big list of requirements just to love him. Just to give him your attention, just to focus upon him, to let everything pass away, all the cares, all the worries, all the mountains, all the struggles, all the frustrations, all the questions, to cease from working for just a minute, and to be like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, which was the good thing, that we may know him that we may lay hold of that which he has also first laid hold, laid hold of us. It says we love him because he first loved us. And from the very beginning, planned everything around a restoration of a relationship with us. That we could be kind of first fruits. That we could be his chosen people that we can be called the bride of Christ whom he has 
many times promised he's coming back for. And we barely have begun to understand what it really means to be children of God. Because if we did, we'd act like it, and we'd live like it, and we wouldn't let the things of the world get us down, and we wouldn't let the petty issues bother us, because we would understand our place. You know, when an ambassador or when a president of whatever country appoints an ambassador and the ambassador visits a foreign land, they usually don't walk in trembling or afraid, but they walk in with confidence and boldness, knowing that they bear the weight and the seal and their recognition and the honor and the authority of the country with which they were appointed to be an ambassador. And we too, as children of the Most High God, as sons and daughters of the King, as the redeemed of Christ Jesus, bear that name, which is above every name, because that's the King in which we serve, and whom we serve. And it doesn't matter what the enemy is. It doesn't matter what the army is. It doesn't matter what the mountain is. Because all of them must bow to the name of Jesus. And so perhaps we should like Paul said, don't cast away your confidence. Maybe we should get to the point of understanding our identity in him. Stop worrying about ourselves and just start focusing on him. Because once we see him, then we'll know what we really are. Once we get to the place where we start understanding him, then our true nature and our true identity comes out because our true nature and our true identity are from Him. And then we'll start walking like children of God. And then, you know, Jesus said, if I cast a demon out of you, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Then we'll start walking like children of the kingdom, living like children of the kingdom, expecting there's a good word expecting the father to do things because we know he can we know he will the only reason we don't see it happening is because most of us don't believe he will so the issue isn't the words of Jesus the issue is our belief in him But, you know, God said in Hebrews, said those that come to me must first believe, those who come to God must first believe that he is. And then they also must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, give us a call. We're going to take a break, and we will be back in a few minutes.
All right, praise God, we're back. And this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And just taking out the broadcast uh, for the second half, the second hour. And uh, just praising the Lord, you know, speaking to nations. A lot of people wonder why we pr- uh, play that song continually, uh, usually every single night. That's kind of the break song where we uh, transition. But the reason we chose that song, one reason I love that song, and I think Sean would agree, um, it's prayer, it's warfare, it's worship. It's a declaration, a proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Speaking and declaring to nations to be open, to be free, to experience the gospel in a real way. And so I love uh, just the declaration of the truth, just the uh, the warfare, the worship. There's such victory in that song. Uh, if you really just let it soak into your spirit and just make that a prayer, I think it's awesome. So praise God. So we're speaking to nations, declaring to be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're speaking to powers of darkness, telling them they have to flee. Because the blood of Jesus Christ is speaking. The Bible says, Greater is he, the Holy Spirit within us, than he that's within the world. And if you're in Christ tonight, if you're in Christ tonight, you have an added edge. You have an advantage. The Bible says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Jesus said he's given you power to tread upon all serpents and scorpions, all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means would hurt you. You don't have to fear. You don't have to fear the enemy. Now, we're not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices and schemes. We're not to lay down and let our enemy take the advantage or take the upper hand. The Bible says we're to stand in victory. It says no weapon formed or fashion against us will prosper or stand. Every time that speaks against us, we condemn. But if you're in Christ, there's no foe, there's no enemy that can stand against you. Because God is declaring victory if you are upright before God. If you are in right standing with Christ and the blood of Jesus is speaking for your life and you're acknowledging Christ, acknowledging the Father by faith. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead, fill, direct, and guide your life. And there's victory for you. There's victory for you. And the Lord is declaring a victory chant. The 
The Lord is rejoicing over you with singing. The Lord is speaking out, just like Jesus on the cross declared, it is finished, it is finished. And the powers of darkness are broken. See, God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's called you to be a holy, be a living sacrifice. Present your body a living sacrifice. Allow the praises of God to flood out of your mouth. High praise of God in your mouth, a two-edged sword in your hand. And the Spirit of Christ will declare victory. The mighty warrior, the God that fights your battles for you, Jehovah Nisi, your banner, that you can wave in victory. Jehovah Rohi, the shepherd, that takes the staff, and the rod, and he beats away the wolves that have come to, to take care of the sheep. He beats away the enemy. beats away the foxes. And if you allow God to be your refuge, you allow God to be your mighty fortress, you'll encompass yourself with the living God and allow him to inhabit your praise to dwell in the midst of you. You will see victory in your life. You'll see freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Things may look dark. Things may look trying. You may go through some Trying times, some hard times, some tight spots. The Lord is declaring victory in your life. The Lord is declaring, Greater is He within you than He who is in the world. That's why you have an added edge, you have an added advantage to everyone in the world and to your enemies, even to those in the world that, that don't know Christ. There's a favor, there's a blessing, there's a glory, there's an honor to those that are walking in Christ, that are one with Christ, one with God. So allow. Holy Spirit to fill and direct and guide your life. Allow the glory of God to be revealed in you. See, the Word says you're a living epistle. You're to be read of all men. I'm to be read of all men, Sean, all of us, those that name the name of Jesus. Those who name the name of Christ, who claim Christ, are living epistles to be read of all men. That means people should be able to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
People should be able to see the gospel manifested, the glory of God revealed in you. The wisdom of God revealed through you. The favor of God. The, the word of God being manifested that says you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. God will put one down to raise up another and they'll do it for you. God may put you at the front of the line for a season. And he may put you at the back of the line for a season just to promote you somewhere else or in a different way. We need to realize that God opens up doors that no man can close and he shuts doors. And no man can open them. If you'll trust him, if you'll trust him, if you'll just begin to pray for direction, pray for open doors, and begin to speak. See, we're told to a mountain, speak to our obstacles, speak to the things that get in the way of the will of God for our lives. So we're going to go ahead and break the song. What do we say? How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and even faint for you, faints for you.
National Radio, and we are back, praising the Lord. You know, better is one day in the house of our God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Better is one day in his house. Better is one day in his presence. Better is one day to be able to listen to the voice of the Lord. Better is one day to have the joy of the Lord be your strength. Better is one day to have the blood of Jesus speaking for you, speaking for your salvation, speaking for your healing. Better is one day. And it would have been enough. Listen, he's done enough. He shed his blood for you. He sent his Holy Spirit for you. God has done enough, yet he continues to do for his children He continues to do for his people He says every good gift Comes from above Comes down from the father of lights And God is constantly Sovereignly stretching out his hands To bless his children To lead in God his children To do for his children We need to be open. We need to be yielded. We need to understand that God is constantly trying to get us to acknowledge Him. Not that He needs it, but He desires it. See, God isn't codependent. See, He's not dependent on us. If we don't praise him, he don't have the rocks to cry out. But he desires that we should praise him. He desires that we should behold him. He desires. See, remember that song back in the 70s? I want you to want me. 
I need you to need me. I love you to love me. Remember that? He goes by Cheap Trick. Hey, I didn't grow up in church. Sorry. I have a past. I have a history. Praise God. God can take our messes and turn them into a message. You know, the, the writer of the New Testament, Paul, two-thirds of the New Testament he wrote, he, he had a history, too. And he didn't always serve Christ. So anyways, back to what I was saying. The song says, I want you to want me. I need you to need me. I love you to love me. And that's God's heart. You see, it's not that God's codependent, like I said. He's not dependent on you. But he does desire you to desire him. That's why he's called the desire of the nation. Did you know that Jesus is called the desire of the nations? Did you know the first commandment Jesus said was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself? But to desire God, to love God, to Have a hunger and thirst for God Like we talked about Psalm 63 last night Early will I seek thee My flesh longs for thee In a dry and thirsty land Where there is no water Listen that's got to be How you feel Apart from God There's got to be a Sense of loss A sense of longing A sense of desire A sense of burden See, That's what he's doing He's drawing men and women to himself. He's drawing his bride. He's wooing his bride. He's drawing his people from the four corners of the earth. Those that will serve him. He's seeking to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts that are fully his. He's looking. He's looking. God is looking. What is he looking for? He's looking for men, he's looking for women, he's looking for intercessors who will stand in the gap. Trust him. Yield to him. Give yourself to him. Present yourself to him. That's what he wants. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is so good. Well, praise the Lord. Let's see what we got going on here. Let's see what we got. All right, Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because you trust in me. If you want to walk in peace, if you want peace, you need to keep your mind on the Lord. See, God wants you to have internal peace. Stay your mind on the Lord. Anxiety is just a lack of faith. Anxiety is just fear of the unknown. 
But if you trust and depend on God, he's going to relieve your fears. He's going to relieve your fear of the unknown. If you draw close to him, he's going to cause you to look past your own faults and inadequacies, look past your own anxieties, your own motives, desires, temptations. And he'll help you overcome them. As you draw close to God, he's going to draw close to you. As you draw near to God, as you lift up God, as you humble yourself in the sight of God, he's going to lift you up. He's going to keep you in perfect peace. He's going to be able to lead you. He can keep your mind. He can keep you in perfect peace. It's not like the world gives it. It's not circumstantial. But even when all hell breaks loose on the outside, God has a way of putting things together on the inside. Just like the psalmist said, Who do I have in heaven but you? There is no upon the earth that I desire besides thee. Listen, this is talking about desiring God. Psalm 73, verse 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart fails, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. There comes a time in your life when you have to have a desire for God and realize there's nobody in heaven, there's nobody on earth, there's nothing that can compare, there's nothing that you can desire, there's nothing like God's presence, there's nothing like the voice of the Lord. And even when everything around you fails, God is the strength of your heart. God is the thing that motivates you. God is the one who keeps you keeping on. He's the one that's encouraging you. And everything else around you is discouraging you. He is your portion forever. Psalm 73, verse 25 and 26. And it's natural. We're all going to have problems. We're all going to have physical and emotional uh, insufficiencies, incapabilities. Sometimes we're not going to be able to deal with the problems that we're faced. But during these times, God wants to show us his strength. He wants us to acknowledge he's the one. He's the source. Who do we have besides him? And he needs to be the strength. You need to acknowledge him as the strength of your heart. Just like David did in the song. Do you know you can depend on him? See, your your mind and your emotions, your will, is all seated in the is in the heart, is in your spirit. See, that's that's where your mind, will, and emotions all come together. But if you turn your heart over to God. He's going to help you to get everything in check, everything in alignment, everything in step. And if you turn your heart over to God, he will be your portion forever, just like the psalmist said, draw close to him. Draw close to him. This is Prayer International Radio. We're going to break for a song. 
Caller number is 619-638-8458, www.prayerinternational.org. Hey, Patrick. And if you need to email, we're at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And so feel free to check us out on the website or on BTR. And uh, let me uh, go ahead. Before we break for song, I just want to say a prayer. just want to leave everybody in prayer. We got Patrick and Rosemary in the chat room. I think Sean might still be in there, and, and I'm in there, so... Uh, for those of you listening, we just want to lift up prayer for the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. We've got rain coming down. And sometimes what happens in the natural is what's going on in the spiritual. And so we just need the rain of the Spirit. We need the healing rain of God to wash over this area, wash over His people. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just join together with Patrick and Rose Marie and those listening. Father, we pray that you would open up the floodgates of heaven, Father, that you'd pour out, Father, your Holy Spirit rain. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. Father, we say pour out your spirit. Pour out your love. Pour out your glory in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, all over our nation. All over the United States of America, Father, we pray, Lord God, move even on those that are listening in Australia tonight. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you said your glory would cover the earth as water covers the sea. So gather your people and raise up your people with a heart to pray, a heart to seek you, a heart to worship and gather. Father, just like David knew to delegate. He was captains of the host. He was captains of the army. And they pulled together in bands, in groups. He would delegate authority. Father, we just pray that you'd raise up your leaders with a strategy from the throne room and go out with their groups, their small groups, and pray. And be the watchman on their wall and build. See your kingdom come. See your will be done. See your kingdom come together. So, Father, bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so we're going to take a small break. And we'll be right back. Praise God.
All right, praise God. Well, we're back, and this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. Just hanging out in the chat room. Had my brother Patrick in there for a little bit. We were talking back and forth for a minute, and uh, he's actually a local here in the Dallas area. And uh, we're just praising God. We got some rain. We really needed some rain. And uh, actually, uh, we had a brother, a brother Alex, called yesterday and told us what's Praying in grief for rain. Of course, it, we had a star thermometer was hitting you know 90 to 100 degrees, and I was thinking, yeah, right. But you know, God is good. In the last couple of days, we've had a little bit of rain. We're just praising God for it. So you know, that song is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive glory and honor and power. And we are just declaring tonight that worthy is the Lamb, worthy is Jesus. You know, He truly is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And if you are struggling in this season, I feel like the Lord just wanted me to pray for those of you that are going through even depression and heaviness and oppression and struggling in your emotions. That God is a good God and he wants to help you in your emotions, in your struggle. And so right now I just want to pray for those of you that are struggling and just need a, a boost in your emotions, just need a blessing in your emotions, you know. Draw close to God. Draw close to God. God longs for you to draw close to Him. He's got a way of dealing with rejection. He's got a way of Blessing you, treating you differently than your earthly father treated you. Maybe you had a good earthly father, maybe you had a bad one, I don't know. But God is a good one. And you can call upon God. God will fill the emptiness and the longing in your heart. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Even the grass withers and the fire fades away, the Lord stands forever. When you feel empty inside, you can ask God to speak, and his word will fill you up. He says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, he's overcome the world. So just ask. See, there's a supernatural power in God's word. You live by the counsel of God's word. You meditate on God's word. If you learn to acknowledge who Christ is by transforming your mind, renewing your mind by meditating on the word, listen, it'll lift you up out of your depression. Lift you up. You put on the garment of praise, it'll come against the spirit of heaviness. The Father right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just pray, Lord, for every person that's struggling with the heaviness, struggling with depression. We pray, Father God, that you would deliver them, free them up, free their hearts. Show them your goodness, Father. Show them your glory. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength. Father, move in a mighty way. Move by your Spirit. In your presence, there's fullness of joy, Father. Help them to abide. Help them to live in your word. 
to live in your presence. Father, when they're discouraged, depressed, Father, help them to put on the garment of praise to come against the heaviness. Help them to put their hope in God when they're downcast in their soul. Father, we just speak peace and joy and the love of the Lord to surround them tonight. Just pray, Father God, that you would draw close to them, Lord. Draw close to them, Lord. Help them to develop a better relationship with you. Help us all to focus on Christ. Help us all to focus on your word and to seek you for help and guidance. Deliver us from evil. Help us to avoid Satan and avoid sin, Lord. Help us to draw our strength from you and from others. Help us to trust you, Father. Help us to depend on you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to come and lift us up. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We just praise you, Lord.
Praise God. Well, Father, we just close out tonight and ask your healing to touch every person listening, every man, every woman listening tonight, Father. Touch them in their bodies, in their minds, in their spirits. Fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Strengthen them tonight. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength. We just give you praise in Jesus' name. This is Prayer International Radio. We will see you again tomorrow night, same time, same place. And have a blessed night. In Jesus' name, amen.